Amen. Good morning, everyone. My spirit this morning is so excited. And I say it that way instead of saying, hey, I'm in a great mood. Because I don't believe it's just about our mood. It's just about our emotions. My spirit's just excited. And even in the face of what Satan tries to put out there as truth, it doesn't have to affect your spirit because truth is truth and a lie is a lie, right? You're going to know here shortly why I'm excited in my spirit. When this past week, there was something that happened Thursday that was... um, Historical. That might be a good word for it. I'm going to go into explanation of that because of what the Lord wants this morning. But just know that if it isn't already, your spirit's going to be excited when you hear this. Let's pray. Father, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you. And Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his precious blood that purchased our very lives. That purchased the excitement even that my spirit feels this morning. Your son who purchased our love, who purchased our devotion, who purchased the way for relationship with you that was broken when Adam sinned. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite your Holy Spirit. I say this only for the sake of those online because the Holy Spirit is here and has been. I thank you and I pray that your will be done. Speak through me what you desire. None of my own things, but only yours. Father, encourage your bride. I know it will only be those who believe. But for those who are given understanding, those who are given sight to see and ears to hear, this will be groundbreaking. So, Father, we worship you. We praise you. We love you. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, by the way, um, another thing I mean, this is going to sound really strange. 
but I'm, I'm actually very excited about this. Next week, we're, we're going to be somewhere new. Now, I know we've told you guys that, and we're going to have, we have a flyer for where that is and stuff like that. Um, but for those of you online, you're going you're gonna to see a little bit difference next week. And, and what, what the Lord is teaching us and showing us is to be able to function anywhere. Be able to function in any circumstance, no matter what. So I'm actually really excited about next week. The, the owners of this company, it's a shop. It's, it's a uh, mechanical shop. And they're Christians, and they have so graciously, they've sold this building, and so it's kind of being moved out you know, over the course of the next month. And, and they're allowing us to hold services there for the month of May. And I'm really excited about that. Because of how raw and how real God is bringing things to us in that way. Oh man, it's like Bryn said last week or maybe two weeks ago, I can't remember, how it is so opposite of what you think of as church. Right? The nice cushy seats. By the way, we do need to buy some more seats unless y'all want to sit on the floor. (laughs) Should we say bring your own chair? No, we have some, we'll, we'll have chairs. But man, get excited about what God is doing. Get excited about this. And what he has to share this morning really lays into the, the hierarchy in the spirit realm of what's going on. We know that the real reality is the spirit realm, right? Okay? And the physical realm, or we call it the natural realm, is, is not separate from that. It's a smaller part of it. You understand what I'm saying? So, so when we talk about the real reality, we talk about the inclusiveness of it all. That is the spirit realm. In the natural realm, you can't see what's around here. You can't see angelic, I mean, unless you are given the, the gift of sight, you can't see angelic beings, you can't see demonic spirits. You might be able to feel them if you have a, a gift of discernment, you might be able to feel or see them, or the Lord may tell you they're there. But the reality is, in our deficiency in these bodies, these fallen bodies, we can't naturally see that, right? But it's there. The greater aspect of reality is that it's all there. And God says things happen in the Spirit first. If you understand the Word of God and you understand how it's all laid out, if you put one thing in your mind, and I'm only explaining kind of how it happened to me, when the Lord first told me that my court is not a ruling court, like what you're thinking, and he's talking to me, because I'm picturing his court when he says his court in the Bible, all my life and teaching and everything, I pictured it as a king's court. Okay? Kind of like, you know, there's a throne and, and, you know, there's the authority from the throne and the king's court are all the servants that, that just kind of hang out with him. Right? That's what I'm picturing when I'm picturing, or what I used to picture when I would picture the Word of God, when it was, would talk about his court. And one of the first things he told me very early on, years and years ago, 
was that's not what his court is. His court is a legal court. Much like what we know of today. Here, the court system here, it's a lot more just. (laughs) But it's, in reality, a legal court. That's literally what the law was. The law came out of that legal court. If you start to look at the Word of God, in, in fact, especially what He says in His laws, what He says in His decrees, and when He talks about judgment and those things, if you understand it through the lens of a court case, very formal court case, like what we know of on this earth, it's going to make a lot more sense to you. And that's what happened to me years ago, and I'm not going to go through the whole whole bit about understanding the courts and all that. <clears throat> that That is, I think we have podcasts on that. Um, I, I think they probably need to be updated, but, but I think we have those. That, that's not my point this morning. My point is, you have to understand that everything God does is a legal action. His voice, his words, are declarative legal action. It's absolute purity. It's absolute truth. His judgment is the same way. His judgment comes from legal aspects that have been denied him. If you look at the judgments in, over Israel and then also other, over other nations in the Old Testament, you see it all came from a decree of guilt. Right? They were guilty, these nations, or, or in cases where Israel was guilty of something, and there was a decree of that judgment. Recognize it as a court case. Recognize that that declaration, and and if you look in the Word of God, it always came before it manifested in the natural realm. It was like that decree had to be said. It's much like today. You have a court case, and you have a judgment, and then that sentence plays out based on that judgment. It's the same thing In the spirit realm, you have those judgments, you have those cases that then get played out in the natural realm. Okay, that that is is what goes on in everything that we do. There isn't anything that is outside of that. Because God's word, even the very breath that he breathes, is legal purity. It's absolute truth. And anything that goes against that, there are consequences. There are consequences in the spirit realm. We know there are consequences in this realm. But there are consequences in the spirit realm. I mean, if you don't believe that, just go read what's going to happen to Satan. What's going to Go read Revelation chapter 20 through 22 and see what the consequences are. For even those spirits, there are consequences. Because it is a law that is broken. Now the beauty of it, and I'm not going to get into this either, is that no 
person can live and function under the law. We can't. That's, that's literally why God gave the law, by the way, is to prove to us that we can't do it. Yes, we can do it. Give us the law and we'll do it. Okay, no, we can't. Failure after failure after failure after failure because we're not righteous. We're not righteous without the purchase of one who is righteous. We're born into sinful flesh, right? From the moment Adam sinned, his legacy and the hierarchy of all those who came after him and through him was tainted. So we cannot uphold the law ourselves. That's what was proven in the Old Testament. That's why there had to be a Messiah. That There had to be a Redeemer. That's why Jesus was so surprised with his disciples to think, you guys didn't know I was supposed to die and raise from the dead? There was a payment that had to be made because you can't pay it. None of us can pay it. Only he could pay it. Only a righteous God could pay it. And he did. And what that did was that brought in the countenance of grace into the law. And it was things that were paid for by Jesus' blood that would otherwise not be overlooked by the Father, by the righteous judge. So then you have this, this layout of how things work in the spirit realm. Right? And, and, and I'm talking about now, we're talking about New Testament. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. What, what we have the Bible tells us is we have a supreme legal judge who is the father and we have an advocate the Bible says technically our lawyer right, our representative which is Jesus Christ in a court system in heaven but we also have an opposition we have this voice, this Satan's voice, the prosecutor, who comes and reams against us day and night, it says in Revelation 12.10. Now, this is a very specific court. We call it, for lack of a better term, court of accusation, where everybody has access. Everybody who is a human being, has a right to go to have clearance through forgiveness of their lives that then allows us to build relationship with the Lord. Whether you believe in the courts or not doesn't matter. Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. It is the system he set up. But the reality is when you, whether you understood the courts or not, when you Go before God and ask forgiveness of a sin. You're before the court. You're before a righteous judge. You have a prosecutor railing on you saying, I have authority. You have Jesus representing, by the way, the Bible requires two witnesses. Right? 
Jesus and you, if you don't show up, Satan just has his way. But you can ask forgiveness, which breaks that authority. Then you have the right then to stomp on snakes and scorpions. What you had given authority to, you now have the right to bind and cast to the abyss. Again, there is all scripture on this. That's not my point this morning, so I'm not going to dovetail into that. I, I, I urge you to, if you don't, and I know people here do, but if you don't online, really dive into that. Understand that. But we have this hierarchy. And, and that's what I stood, understood for a couple of years and, and stuff like that. As ignition, God was working with ignition and getting it ready for its calling. Then we were introduced to another court. Now, I don't know how many different courts are in heaven. I mean, there are a lot of different courts here. You have traffic court. You have criminal court. You have corporate court. You know, whatever. We have all kinds of courts here. So I I don't know how many courts there are in heaven. I know we've experienced three. But one is what I want to talk to you about today. We've already described the personal court, court of accusation. But I want to describe to you, or what we're going to talk about, is the Court of Nations. The Court of Nations is something that the directives that come out of that court are what direct the nations. And Satan has had his influence and his control on that literally for thousands of years. Even, even though Jesus paid to get it back, when it was given over, and I, I don't mean the court was given over, there's not a different judge. The judge is the father. I'm talking about the access to it. I'm talking about the effectiveness of those like us, the church, or, or people that believe in God, having access to it and being able to have these these just things happen, that was given away by the Father back at the Tower of Babel when he said I, it, that he literally displaced himself from the nations. He gave the nations away to those in his council. Now those in it, and, and I know I'm going through so much that really needs so much detail, but Forgive me, Um, but you're just going to have to put up with it for now. Um, Feel free to ask me later what some things mean. But, But in the Tower of Babel, God gave away the nations. Who did he give them to? He gave them to principalities. He gave them to these principalities that were actually part of his council. By the way, his council was not a board of advisors. Like God needs these advisors. That's not what his counsel was. His counsel was the counsel from the very beginning. Satan was on his counsel. I don't know if he is still. I I doubt he is. But he was on his counsel. So were some of these other principalities that these nations were given to. In fact, there were seven. And that's what I want to begin getting into. There is a hierarchy layout in the spirit realm in the world. 
Okay, and I'm talking about on the dark side, you know, kind of like not, you know, the dark side of the realm. I, I was going to make a Star Wars joke, but I won't. Not enough of a fan. But, but this, this, this is the layout, how it works. Okay, if you can imagine on, on Satan's side, you have Satan at the top, okay? Under him, you, or along with him, you might say, is what he copies God with. You've got a false trinity. You've got a, uh, uh, this false trinity, which is, and the, this is all in the word of God. You've got Satan, you've got the spirit of Antichrist, and you've got the spirit of the false prophet. We know that they rise in the end time. But guess what? They've been here the entire time. In fact, God, God, Jesus even said they're, they're here among us. They are here now when he was there. He said the spirit of Antichrist is different, by the way, than the embodiment of what the Antichrist one day that we see in Revelation will be different. The spirit is not different because the spirit actually would control that. But, but you have the spirit of Antichrist, you have the, the spirit of the false prophet and Satan. That is this unholy trinity. Okay? Then under them you have seven principalities that controlled seven places of the world, which I can only assume, and this is only assumption on my part, but I assume there is significance to those seven places. It covers the entire globe. Each one had a region. It wasn't that this one has this nation, because back when the Tower of Babel happened, there were not those nations there. These principalities were sent to cover an area. They were to be in charge of an area. And, and I, know, I know I've talked about this in, in other podcasts, but, but so you had those seven. Now, each area of those seven, each one has seven under them that are, so you have Satan, and then include his two, so you have this, this unholy trinity, then you have seven. Then under each one of those, you can have you have seven more. Is it everybody with me on that? I'm trying to lay out the leadership of this dark side, the leadership of Satan's side. That's how it lays out. We see that many places in the Word of God. At least in that first tier, we see we see that in Zechariah. We see it in Isaiah. We see it in. Many of the minor prophets, okay, we see that layout. And, and certainly we see it at the Tower of Babel. But that is how it was laid out. When we first became introduced to this court of nations, there wasn't anything we saw. We didn't even know what it was. We, we thought we were going to a court of accusation and in that, the doors are very different. And all of a sudden, we're going before the Lord, and, and there are these new doors, very different, huge, 300 feet high, made of metal, so heavy that nothing could move them except God himself. So, again, fast forward, what God then began to teach us was that this spirit 
And these spirits had to be defeated in court. Okay, and, and I know I'm skipping ahead here, but, but again, this background is to help you to understand, and not so much here, because I know here you guys understand, but it's more for those online. I, I just want you to understand the background of this stuff. So I'm going to fast forward to last year, July of last year. Now, you know, COVID was raging, you know, things were starting to get chaotic, things were going rough and, and everything else. And the Lord had us go against a particular spirit. It was the spirit of Antichrist. Okay. And when the Lord tells us to do this, first of all, we don't do this on our own accord. We don't wake up one day and decide, oh, you know what, we're going to go after the spirit of Antichrist today. It's not like that at all. In fact, it's kind of just the opposite. It's like, Lord, when do we get to go after this thing? When, when do we get to have a court case about this? And, and he doesn't tell us until either moments before or even that, that very day. And I can only assume because he wants to keep it from the enemy. I, I don't know. But that's what happened last, last July. Now, up to that point, and I want to give you just a little bit more background because I want you to get a mental picture of this. Remember the hierarchy. You've got the three, the seven, and effectively the 49. You all with me on that, what that looks like? Okay. Keep that in your picture right now. Okay. Because what happened was... When we first started in the Court of Nations as this court team, and it's a very specific group of people that God chose. We did not choose them. God chose this group. And we started at that level of the 49 and the seven above them. Actually, I think we started right at the seven, but it it included the 49. So to the point of last July... Every single area with its leadership had been bound, defeated in court, bound, and cast to the abyss. Okay? Except for one, and I'll explain that in a minute. So you have all those 49, seven in each area. By the way, we learned later, this is why God has sent us to seven places in the world. Those seven places are where those thrones are. We don't know where the thrones are for each area, but we do know some of the thrones. We know the throne in the Americas, because it's not just the United States. It's the Americas. The throne in the Americas, we know, is the Washington Monument, because the Lord showed us that and told us that. We know, we know the one in Nigeria. We know where that throne is. We know that throne is Zumarok. And then the third one that we know is Stonehenge, which we're not there yet. We don't, you know, there are things we don't understand. I just know that the Lord has told us that's one of the thrones. So when we started going uh, to court in regards to these spirits, each one was a very detailed court case. Okay, and, and I, I know early on we read some if I recall. Uh, And you could go back in the podcast and and, uh, in those 
early times because the Lord had me read transcripts of some of them. But they were each defeated and cast, except for one. The one that was over the United States, which is Abaddon. And I'm not going to go into how we know that. The Lord told us that, and, and then there were confirmations. But for the sake of what we're doing this morning, understand that Abaddon was the, uh, was the principality over this area. And when I say this area, I mean the Americas. North America, Central America, United States, South America. Okay. All the Americas. He was the one that was over it. All of the ones that were under him were sent to the abyss. All of the other six and the seven under each of them went to the abyss. Abaddon was chained. And he was put in a cage for a later use. Okay, I'm not going to get into that either. Um, but the point is, he, he is not in the abyss yet. But his court case has been completed. He was found guilty and he is being held for a reason. So then it came down to this hierarchy being gone except for these three spirits. You have the spirit of Antichrist. You have the spirit of the false prophet, and you have Satan. Which, and wouldn't it be awesome when they're gone, right? So then, last July, the Lord had us go to court. He had been giving Bryn information on this for, I don't know, weeks or months. For four months. Four months he had been giving her information on this, and she wasn't to share it with anybody. God was just giving it to her as downloads for when this time came. Because remember, God is strategic. He keeps things from the enemy. That's what he does to keep the enemy off, which, which you're going to see why in a minute. But then the Lord said, okay, you're going to go to court and you're going to go against the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of the false prophet. Because remember last July, the the first woe was over. We were in a period then of where where choice began. Right? And and so what I want to read to you today, I want to read to you a transcript of last July, which is the the word-for-word transcript of the court case for... The spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of the false prophet. Then after that, I am going to share a couple of things about what was said in private with the Lord afterwards. And then I'm going to share with you a second transcript that happened just this last Thursday. And guys, this is why I'm in a good mood. (laughs) First of all... I'm going to tell you ahead just for a second because I want this to be on your mind as I'm reading this. Things happen in the spirit first, right? And then they manifest in the natural. The spirit of Antichrist was bound and sent to the abyss last July. And in the moment... Okay, you don't necessarily see what happens. But now that we can look back nine months, we can see exactly the effects of it. Because what these are, these are over, 
these are, are spirits that are like these overreaching spirits over everything. They are the organization. They are the part that brings things together so it can, can be a single force, if you will. That's why the head would, had to be cut off to bring the confusion. So when the Antichrist spirit was no longer available to provide this organization, you see, and you see it over the last nine months, anybody who pays any attention to the news sees the disorganization that is on their side. The disorganization of the evil. In fact, you see now the evil starting to fight the evil. Which I think is hilarious. Okay? Because the organization of it was cut away. Was taken out. No longer... By, by the way, and we've said this before, we're not entering into the tribulation. There is not an antichrist that is going to arise... Right now? Because it's not his time yet. He can't arise. There is no organization for it. But by the way, the enemy doesn't know that. And when I say the enemy, I mean the human enemy. Satan knows it. He was in court. But the human enemy does not. They think that it is their time. You're going to see that a little bit later in the transcript. They think it's their time that that the man of lawlessness is going to rise. And I'm talking about those who worship Satan, those who believe in, in Satan having power. So let me get to this first transcript where this spirit was bound. But keep in mind the pictures that I had for you. Okay, this was uh, July the 8th of last year. I'm going to skip the preliminary parts where, where we ask, you know, to come in and, and, and there's formality in, in that sort of thing. I'm just going to go where, where we are standing before the Lord and we begin. I said, Father, we have come to this court and we come with the desire to sing your praise. You have said, enter my courts with praise and thanksgiving. I did not bring it up until now because I want the enemy to hear our worship. But, Father, I want your will to be done because it is our desire to worship and to praise. Do you want that now or after we have summoned the defense? Now, one, one other thing I want to mention. In the court of nations, the defense is the enemy. We are the prosecution. Okay, so it's flip-flopped in the court of nations. Do you want that now or after we have summoned the defense? I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, let the courts be filled with praise, for many are here who have interest for their side as witness. I'm not going to explain that, but just understand that there is a great cloud of witnesses that are there. I said, Father, we offer that word. We, we did worship in the court. And then when that was finished, I said, Father, we offer that worship before this court. You are holy. We love you. We love your son. We love your Holy Spirit. Our lives are yours. We submit this worship and this praise and this thanksgiving in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, I accept you into the court of nations. You may begin. 
I said, thank you, Father. We ask that this court compels the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of the false prophet to come to this courtroom to stand trial for what they have done. I submit this request in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, let them be summoned. Then our seer, who is for this court, is Shannon, and she said, I first saw it because she'll give a description of what's going on there. And what's, what's so powerful and so interesting is, is she is officially speaking what's going on, and then others, and I can say this from personal experience, others are seeing the same thing, or others are hearing the same thing. But Shannon said, as a description, I first saw smoke travel into the courtroom, black smoke that had movement. It wasn't slow, it was rapid. What took form was first a man, dark hair slicked back. At first, when I saw him, he was in a very clean suit. But then his appearance changed, and now he's dressed like a prince in a royal-looking vest, all dark colors. The second spirit first appeared cloaked. After removing its cloak, it was a very pale-skinned creature that looked like a woman with three heads. Each head has a gold crown with red rubies, red stones that are all scattered, inlaid into the crowns. Each of the crowns on the three heads has a dressing of gold that connects them. I asked, do you see Satan there? Shannon said, he's walking in, but he is in his true form and is walking very slowly into the courtroom. I said, Father, I request that the courtroom be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that every door, every window, every opening have a warring angel to be positioned outside. I release them in Jesus' name to keep out that which is not allowed to be in and to keep in that which is not allowed to leave. I submit this request in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, seal it. I then said, Father, may we proceed? He said, yes. I said, for the opening statement in this court case, I ask the court to recognize Brim. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, the court recognizes Brim. Brim then stood up and said, thank you, Father. As an opening statement, I will read three passages of your word. First, parts of Psalm 74. This is my plea to you, Father, for my family, for your remnant, and for all the nations. O oh God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are only people you chose. We are the people you chose long ago. The tribe you redeemed as your own special possession. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city. See how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shouted their victory, victorious battle cries. There they set up in their battle standards. They swung their axes like woodcutters in the forest. With axes and picks, they smashed the carving, carved paneling. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the place that bears your name. Then they thought, Let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshipped. We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone, and no one can tell us when it will end. 
How long, O God, will you allow your enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand, unleash your powerful fist, and destroy them? You, O God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smashed the heads, the head of the sea monsters. You crushed the head of Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You caused the springs and streams to gush forth and you dried up rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of the earth and you made both summer and winter. See how these enemies insult you, Lord? O foolish nation has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy your turtle doves. Don't forget your suffering people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let the downtrodden be humiliated again. Instead, let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how these fools insult you all day long. Don't overlook what your enemies have said or their growing uproar. Then she said, now I will read from Revelation 13. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave its power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshiped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. Now skipping down to verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of the people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that none can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Father, we stand today against these two spirits, the Antichrist spirit and the spirit of the false prophet. These two spirits make up the rest of Satan's counterfeit trinity, 
given all the power of Satan himself, both daring to even position themselves as authority figures over the world, taking worship from people meant for you alone. These are ones who are currently deceiving, if possible, even the elect. Their work, plainly put, is everything that is against your will. Satan is called the prince in the power of the air. His work since the beginning of time has been deceit. This Antichrist spirit or Leviathan is representative of the sea and has the specific mandate of chaos. The third in the lake, the third in the fake trinity is the spirit of the false prophet, representative of the land and has a specific mandate of enslavement. Since the time of Adam and Eve handed over the rights of rulership over the earth to the enemy when they fell and the earth fell under the curse, this chaos and enslavement agenda has been in place. These two spirits, along with Satan, have freed, have had free reign over the atmosphere, land and sea of the earth since that time. They were also part of your heavenly council as well as the two spirits specifically sent along with Satan to ravage Job's life. We see this in the beginning of Job where it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. It is our intent to describe what this spirit does and has done specifically to my family, to this team, to Ignition, and to the nation. This enemy had been afflicting everyone, even in this room, with a tailor-made approach to each person. We'd be here for days just describing all that they have done against your name. But we will present a fraction of the magnitude of evidence. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Shannon then described what she heard. She said, I heard people in the courtroom begin to roar in response to what you were saying. The father then spoke and says, has the defense any rebuttal or statement to offer to this court? Then the Antichrist spirit said, I have nothing to say. The father said, has the prosecution any evidence to present? Bren said, we do, father. The father then said, then... It may be given. Bren said, thank you, Father. Over the span of 24 years that Job was afflicted by these two spirits, he suffered in every way possible for a human being to suffer. A multifaceted attack that was designed to destroy him in every way. Physical torture, deep grief, questioning his reason for being born, the infringement of his free will, then constant accusation from friends. At the culmination of 24 years of suffering, accusation, and attack, and just before you brought about the restoration and restitution of Job, you spoke to him about Leviathan in Job 41. You were informing Job of what had come against his life. I will read parts of your description. Can you catch Leviathan with a hook or put a nose around its jaw? Can you tie it with rope through the nose or pierce its jaw with a spike? Will it beg you for mercy or employ you for pity? If you lay a hand on it, you will certainly remember the battle that follows. You won't try that again. 
No, it's, it is useless to try to capture it. The hunter who tempts, it will be knocked down. Who can strip off its hide and who can penetrate its double layer of armor? Who could pry open its jaw for its teeth are terrible? The scales on its back are like rows of shields tightly sealed together. They are so close together that no air can be between them. Its breath would kindle coals for flames shoot from its mouth. The tremendous length in Leviathan's neck strikes terror wherever it goes. Its flesh is hard and firm and cannot be penetrated. Its heart is as hard as a rock, hard as a millstone. When it rises, the mighty are afraid, gripped by terror. No sword can stop it, no spear, dart, or javelin. Iron is nothing but straw to that creature, and bronze is like rotten wood. Leviathan makes the water boil with its commotion. The water glistens in its wake, making the sea look white. Nothing on earth is its equal. No other creature so fearless. He sees everything that is high. He is king over all the sons of pride. I want to point something out here. And it just comes to my mind because of years of, of teaching prophecy before I understood. It's so easy to cheapen this down to, oh, that was a dinosaur, or that was some physical animal here. I mean, you can play games with that all you want, but it doesn't quite fit the description of a global conquering entity. This is not a physical person. This is a spirit that has the authority of Satan himself. So understand that as when, when it's being described in Job, you have to understand the spirit realm or it's not going to make sense. In fact, it'll be belittled to where, you know, oh, yeah, you know, that really doesn't have effect anymore because, you know, all the dinosaurs are dead. And, but it's cool to think about historically, baloney. This is what has controlled. It, it is what has controlled that very thought to take it away from the truth of who he is. Then Bryn said, Father, this spirit has one goal and many ways to achieve it. That is the goal of destructive chaos. He bullies repeatedly with fear, honing in on the deepest fear of a person and exploiting it. This is how he gains agreement with an individual person. We see this in Job 3, in the middle of Job's suffering. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. For the thing that I greatly fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. That, that was read out of Job. It is the spirit, Bryn says, it is the spirit that comes in after a person's house is swept clean and in order. It is seven times more deceptive, deceptive to that person and everyone around them. Because the Antichrist spirit is allowed to wreak havoc when cleanness is not a priority and Jesus is rejected. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened. Those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. 
who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. When the truth is presented and it is rejected, deception gains authority. 1 Thessalonians 2.10 speaks of the Antichrist. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool people because they refuse the truth that can save them. To come through the process of personal court and receive complete deliverance by your son's blood is to give the person a return to Eden. Perfection is oneness with you, Father. To then reject that again after being given such a gift is to make the same choice that Eve made. To allow the same spirit of chaos, the Antichrist, have rule over them as if the blood of Jesus was never applied. Some come into agreement with this spirit. Some are influenced by it, while still others are attacked without mercy, without agreement. Until they are so worn down, they give agreement to it. It twists the truth and can impersonate the voice of God to a person. This deception makes people not see what is right in front of them. It causes people to deal with each other in ways that they don't reflect the way your spirit works between people. It will go against the created order of God to inflict pain and misery in any way. Physical illness, stolen joy, grief, betrayal, tormenting dreams and visions, and destroying relationships, wounding, oppressing, stealing physical assets. It it twists communication and causes people to bring forth false accusations. We see this for sure in Job's case with his friends, causing a person to be kicked while they're down. After using physical torture, grief, pain of every kind, if that doesn't work, it will zero in on some of the most painful emotions man can experience, creating a scenario where the person will feel the blame for, for the very chaos this enemy creates. This chaos, Antichrist spirit, has been at work since the curse of sin and has been deeply hidden in the background all along raging against your people, destroying countless families and ministries. For the last 10 years, it has tried relentlessly to destroy destroy my family. It has also come against this team and against Ignition. It has been the demise of many ministries formed by people who love you, causing people to be hurt and, and abandon their callings. So, Father, I will just touch on some of the evidence of all the categories of this spirit, starting with the personal effect, starting with the personal and ending with the national. As evidence first, I present the constant bullying, accusation, and fear tactics from this spirit that have come against me to even prepare this case. This force of chaos at work during my own life, starting with attempts to kill me in two car, ac- car accidents as a young adult, to kill me and my three children at their births, but especially the last 10 years in many ways the same as Job experienced. Extreme grief, 
financial hemorrhaging over medical debt, intense strife set to destroy my marriage, choking nightmares every night for years at a time, isolation and separation, bondage, not being able to come up for air before the next thing, problems with our cars, appliances, systems in our house not working, even the sickness and slow torture death of our pets, simply because they brought us a small measure of comfort. It was living in recoil from the constant blows when I was fighting so much more than only for the health of a sick child. The goal was to cause me or Carson or my family to give in to the intimidation and enslavement, enslaved to hospitals, medication, medications, to doctors, to medical debt, to plans of treatment, to restrictions of food, to sadness, to fear, and to guilt. The agenda has been to steal all the joy out of every season, and he's still doing it. And that's just my perspective. I ask that before I continue with further evidence, you would allow Carson to be recognized in the court to give his own testimony. The father then said, I will allow this witness in accordance with the laws of this court. Carson is recognized. Carson then said, Father, I submit the last 10 years of my life as evidence against both the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of enslavement. These spirits have an agenda of working together to bring chaos where your son paid for order and freedom, to bring about a false reality on this earth and enslave people to it so that they never realize the fullness of what your son paid for. Father, I submit that in my own life and millions of others, children's Children, but adults too. There has been such chaos wrought in the bi- in, on bodies and minds. Severe pain, stealing of friends, even limitations, and imprisonment in beds and bathrooms. And that is just to name a few. There has been such affliction that I could not even recount it all to you because of this spirit of chaos that is defined the very health that your son paid for me to have. This spirit of chaos works with this spirit of enslavement to enslave these same people in diagnosis and word curses spoken over them by doctors. In narcotics and other medications, they take just to stay alive. And even perpetuates more chaos after they do take medications that lead to more medications for the side effects. I submit that he has also worked to enslave the mind of millions of children and adults to things just to cope, to few things that they can even do in sickness. This spirit limits them so much that they turn to things that they can do, such as watch movies or videos or streams or play games, finding things to do in their solitude and isolation that are also ruled by the spirit of chaos, where they are then enslaved and consumed in mind by things that aren't even sin, but portray things such as sexual immorality, and violence that eventually leads to them having idols in their lives, such as pornography and masturbation, such as alcohol, such as looking to games, to movies, to media, to escape the reality that isn't matching up with your will. I submit that many of these people didn't even have a chance to know who you truly are. Many of them have not even been introduced to the reality of what your son paid for because this spirit's influence has been so overarching over the entire world. Father, that even 
to name some recent evidence that these spirits have come to impersonate your voice, to utterly destroy your plan and the remnants of your people that remain in the midst of this chaos that reigns in this world. That have poured out so much fear and torment and guilt and condemnation and lack of clarity all the same. Father, I lay all of this before you as Hezekiah did about the mocking words of Sennacherib that these spirits have mocked the very reality of your, that your son paid for. The spirits have mocked his very sacrifice and life and hidden it so deceptively from so many. Father, I plead for deliverance for your revelation of your glory. What you intended to be shown to this world, I submit this in Jesus' name. The Father then said, the court accepts the witness and his evidence. Then Bryn said, may I continue, Father? Father said, yes. Now, I'm going to list here, there are some names that were in the thing that I'm just going to say blank names. And and I understand this is long, but this is what the Lord has told me to do, so we're going to... Stay here till it's done. Brent said, Father, I present examples of blank name who whose lives have been ravaged the exact same way with every bizarre health, financial, emotional thievery that has taken place has taken place to we are to wear them down to the ground. I present to you blank name family and another blank name and what he has done to them. Others of us standing before you have been faced with endless pain and health decline where every pursuit of health fails and there are no answers, where the human body defies everything it was created to do with even basic nourishment or sleep. I offer Brooke as an example of that and Alex's physical torment also. Every person on this team has been railed against by physical symptoms, strife, mental attacks, physical hindrances to accomplishing what should be basic tasks. These spirits are present where outlandish things are happening, things that defy explanation or normal statistics of what makes sense. We see this in families all around us, including blank family. The blank family and the blank family, blank, blank, blank. We see this every time Michael goes to do anything in Nigeria, from booking plane tickets to acquiring visas to help water systems going there. This barrage of weird problems and delays, and now this current chaos of chaos of sudden hostility of disunity within the team. This spirit has been working behind the scenes all along against every person in ignition and your remnant stealing health, sapping energy, causing every aspect of disorder that is against your design for bodies, marriages, relationships, freedom, equality between people. Father, this spirit is responsible for so many wrong paradigms in your bride. It is responsible for the veil over the eyes of the people, even who write songs that are called worship songs. But upon examination, there are more about encouragement of self or singing about you, but not really to you. They are just off-center enough to sound good and right and virtuous, but they are missing the pure focus of you alone that worship should be. We've seen chaos and enslavement agenda in our country all over the place. These, rule, these rules all year about masks and, and against gathering. What doors of a business you can enter through and exit through. How many people can be in a store? It's all absurd. 
Now everything being propagated by the media is backward from the truth. That sick people can't go to the doctor anymore, and only healthy people can. And it's okay to kill human lives in the womb, but it's not okay to have any authority over your own body to refuse a vaccine or test for a virus. That the general thinking is that abiding by the governmental bizarre rules is the good and right thing to do when it literally is leading people into agreement with the enemy. In our own state, the state of Delaware, offering a raffle to entice to all teenagers to get vaccinated to win amusement park tickets and perks to get their agreement with the agenda. Universities requiring all students to comply with the mandate. I also present the work of these spirits in the division of families. Keep the elderly away from their family and dividing grandchildren from seeing grandparents. These spirits have always, these spirits always working together in tandem one causing chaos, then the other enslavement, causing enslavement from the chaos. They create chaos by, by any means, then create a fake, harmless-looking solution that leads people into further enslavement. This is their, their objective during the tribulation period which, with the mark of the beast, and this is their exact agenda now. Father, we see this agenda in chaos in our government and in the place of the current fake president making laws that, the, that literally cause death and mayhem on purpose, laws that protect the killing of the unborn, feeding gender confusion, helping the illegal drug trade and crime through our borders, defending police, adding to the chaos and lawlessness and causing injustice to fail for the oppressed. And Father, it goes even further than this and bigger than all of this when we consider communism and socialism, which looks on the surface like calm control and subordination but in fact it is still chaos because it opposes it is opposite of your desire for freedom and self-governance none of these things have been your will you're allowing it its exposure now because it's time for your people to rise up against the chaos and slavery the enemy has created We are called to bring the order and freedom and beauty of your kingdom to the earth, to all bodies, minds, families, and nations. The curse of sin is not to have have a hold of the earth any longer. And the enforcement of your kingdom on earth is to begin. I have a closing statement, but I submit this evidence in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. This is where it really gets interesting. Just really pay attention. The father then says, this court receives your evidence. I must say to the defense, the evidence is overwhelming and compelling enough to give a verdict now. However, you may present whatever knowledge or evidence you have that it may be considered before this court. Satan then spoke. He said, we have been given a specific authority against these people, ignition. Thank you for graciously laying out all that will come. But a point of order. This doesn't change that we have authority, and I ask that to be recognized. The father then said, does the prosecution have a response? I said, yes, father. Father said, you are recognized. I then said, father, at the beginning of ignition, I sought to do things as I thought they were supposed to be. Whether it was the ignorance of me knowing or the pushing through of something that I was familiar with, it lays upon my shoulders for installing the elder system as it was installed. 
I do not recall seeking your desire on that specific institution, although I did seek you on who. But, Father, this is not my choice. I ask forgiveness for taking upon myself, even out of ignorance, I ask forgiveness because it is my desire for you to do your perfect will. You have called this team, known as the court team, these 12. You have called them to leadership of ignition. This has been widely known in your kingdom for Jesus himself in the first or second case in the court of nations said to the defense that we did not represent the bride, but that we represent him to the bride. This was your son's choice. He is the one that has paid the price. He is the only one worthy to even be able to demand that in this realm. The defense has no right to claim authority for something that was not even mine to give. I ask forgiveness for that, for that Father in Jesus' name. And any authority that I gave through that sin, I ask it to be canceled. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And I fully submit this rebuttal in Jesus' name. And the father responded. He said, this court will move the proceedings forward for the sacrifice of sin is sufficient. It renders moot and ineffective and false your claim to evidence, the claim of the defense. You may have blank name for now, but you do not have ignition whom this court is in session for. Will the prosecution continue? Ren said, yes, Father. As a closing statement, we represent your own words. I read the message from the Lord given to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 32, 2 through 10. You think of yourself as as a strong young lion among the nations, but you are really just a sea monster having around your own rivers, heaving around your own rivers, stirring up mud with your feet. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will send many people to catch you in my net and haul you out of the water. I will leave you stranded on the land to die. All the birds of the heavens will land on you, and the wild animals of the whole earth will gorge themselves on you. I will scatter your flesh on the hills and fill the valleys with your bones. I will drench the earth with your gushing blood all the way to the mountains, filling the ravines to the brim. When I blot you out, I will veil the heavens in darkness. And darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon will not give its light. I will darken the bright stars overhead and cover your land in darkness. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. I will disturb many hearts, many hearts when I bring news of your downfall to distant nations you have never seen. Yes, I will shock many lands and their kings will be terrified at your fate. They will shudder in fear for their lives as I brandish my sword before them on the day of your fall. Bren said, we appeal to you, Father, that this is the day you spoke of in Isaiah 27, 1, where you say, in that day, the Lord, with his hard and great and strong sword, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. I also submit Psalm 82, where you state the justice due for the corrupt members of your council who turn against you. You are God, son of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. 
Father, you spoke in Genesis 3 that your son would come through the bloodline of Eve and would strike his head. Jesus decisively won over him that day on the cross, but the enforcement of that mortal head strike has not been seen yet. We ask you to rule against them on behalf of your remnant and deliver this mortal head wound that Revelation 13 speaks of so that your order and freedom can flow on the earth. The nations will be reclaimed by you. And what has been lost will be restored by your people under under the direction and will of your son. I submit all of this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said, thank you, Bryn. Does the defense have any evidence of statement? For the terms have been made known by the prosecution. And pay attention here. This is Satan's response. I was promised a timeline. How can this be? How can it come before the fullness of time? I make petition, though we will not offend ignition until the day you have prophesied. The father then said, is that all the evidence you have? Is that all that you could present before he who is holy? I have endured your ruinous acts. For too many generations. I do not make covenant with liars. Neither am I a partner with thieves. I made no such promise to you. I will have his head struck. You have no authority here. Then he said, my son. And Jesus answered and said, yes, father. Father said, bring out the tool. The precious pen I gave you that gleams like the sun and divides between bone and marrow. Satan screamed, we petition mercy. Father said, I have no mercy for you, only judgment. Where is your sacrifice? There are none for you. You will die in your rebellion. I render you guilty of all charges. I command your death, speaking to those that were on trial. Shannon then described, she said, I'm seeing angels restrain this man who is transformed now into a beast. As Jesus walks, he is glowing. The wind is picking up. I hear thunder. He's driving this sword into the throat and he's withdrawn it. The woman beside him is screaming, dismayed. Satan is still and quiet. Then the father speaks. I've told you from the beginning that I alone am God. I alone formed the earth and all that's in it. I alone formed the seas and all that is in it, the air and all that flies. I alone created time and set it in motion. I alone raised you up as stars in heaven, lords among men. I alone caused your rising. What I gave you was not enough for you, even though it was more than even men were given. And you chose against me. And so I have not chosen you, but I have chosen mankind to be my special possession. And they will take your place. Now go. After that, we went before the Lord 
being out of out of the the court, and we went before him. And I'm just going to share a few of the questions that we asked that he gave clarity to. I said, Father, I know we cannot begin to understand the gravity of what just happened because it's hard to assimilate when things happen in your realm and when things happen in ours. Can you give us some guidance, some instruction as to what this means and what has happened in this case? Father said, the real cost to Satan has just begun. Before, where he hoarded up debt, he now has no more credit. I said, so Father, am I to understand that the Antichrist spirit, it has been killed and is in the abyss? Father said, yes. I said, the spirit of the false prophet, is that also in the abyss? Or was that, what is the state of that? He said, no, she will increase as the time draws close. And then I asked, I said, that makes sense. I said, what does it look like now stepping forward in this realm, moving forward for us? And the father said, Greg, it looks like unity in my bride. With this spirit gone, she will come together. We have a lot of work. I'm excited. Now I'm going to fast forward to this past Thursday. And I know this is long, but the reason the Lord told me to do this, honestly, it's not for you guys. I mean, hope it encourages you. It's not even for those online, but it's as a record to be out there for whatever reason that will come in the future. This was this last Thursday, uh, the 21st. And I'm going to go down to this. We went in and we worshipped going in. And then we, this is where I'll start, where, where it's summoned. And by the way, it was, it was the day before yesterday. For those of you who were at the, the Friday night prayer vigil, if you remember when Jesus spoke and manifested, he said, Greg, I'll have something for you in the next week. And that following Wednesday is when he told me it was time. It was time for the false prophet spirit. So I didn't talk to anybody about it until that next day when when we had our meeting. Okay, and I'm just going to jump into it after the preliminaries. I said the prosecution would ask the court to summon Satan as well as the false prophet spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. The father said, let the spirit of falseness and Satan come to this courtroom. Shannon then described, the spirit of the false prophet is in the image of a woman. She's tall, very pale skinned, sickly, bald. She has ashes smeared on her face. When I first saw her in the other case, she had a beautiful headdress, but now that's gone. She looks like an old woman with two heads. I said, two heads, not three. She said, I only see two. I then said, I ask this courtroom to be sealed. I ask warring angels to stand guard at the doors and windows, every opening to keep out which is not allowed to come, to keep out what is not allowed to come out and to keep in that in what is not allowed to leave. I ask this in Jesus name. 
I ask for a sealing of the entire court by the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask in Jesus' name. Father said, seal the courts. I said, Father, before we proceed, I ask if we can worship to another song. The purpose in doing it now, because I wanted these two spirits that oppose you to hear our worship to you. I submit this in Jesus' name. Father said yes, and we worship to a song. And then I submitted that worship in Jesus' name. Father said the court receives it. Then I said, Father, with your permission, may I begin? He said yes. We have all agreed in unity to come before you this court today, knowing that it is the will of the Father to summon this spirit, the spirit of the false prophet, to this courtroom to pay for what she has done. Satan is here as a witness But my intention is not for him to be on the stand, nor it is my intention for the false prophet spirit to be on the stand either. It is my understanding that the court case was already heard and the evidence was already presented. So I submit into evidence the case that was from July 8th, 2021 in your court of nations that was against the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of the false prophet. In this session, evidence was given against both. The plea and the ask from the prosecution was for both of their deaths. Only the death and casting to the abyss of the spirit of Antichrist was done at the behest of the Father. We asked later for clarification, and the response was simply that the spirit of the false prophet would grow for a time. I submit, Father, in the last nine months, the spirit of the false prophet has grown exponentially. Lies have been coordinated on a global scale like I've certainly never seen in my lifetime, but I do not believe has even been done in history. It has ramped up. This spirit did not take the opportunity of being found guilty of evidence and try not to be involved or try to change, not that... Not that they even could if they wanted to, but the point is that they did not. Instead, they ramped up. They have come against in a coordinated attack against your entire bride, which forced a line in the sand, forced people to make choices that were standing on the sideline. This has served a purpose, but I also submit that this spirit has taken shots where they are are not allowed to, where it has been theft. I will not share it in this courtroom, but this spirit has come against me personally, has come against this team, has come against what you have called your beloved ignition, has come against your entire remnant, has come against your bride to even keep them from choosing the hot. I don't think that any further evidence is necessary. What I ask and what the prosecution requests is that the new evidence over the last nine months be heaped on this spirit in the form of pain, pain in its demise, pain every moment in its, when it's in the abyss. Father, I will end it on this note, reading one excerpt from the court case from back in July of last year. After Satan gave his plea of mercy, your final response closed the case. You said, I have told you from the beginning that I alone am God. I alone form the earth and all that is in it. I alone form the seas and all that is in it, the air and all that flies. I alone created time and set it in motion. I alone raised you up as stars in heavens, Lord among men. I alone caused your rising. What I gave you was not enough for you, even though it was more than even men were given and you chose against me. So I have not chosen you. But I have chosen mankind to be my special possession, and they will take your place. 
Father, at the time this was spoken to Satan and the false prophet, at the time this was spoken to Satan and the false prophet because the spirit of Antichrist was already slain and gone. So I echo these words and your sentiment in your verdict, and I ask that your verdict be held in this court case, and I ask that the spirit of the false prophet be slain and cast to the abyss. I ask this in Jesus' name. The father then said, their guilt is proven, and the gavel came down. And then Shannon described what she saw and heard. I hear the, the sound of a horse riding. I see Jesus on its saddle. He's wielding a sword, charging the spirit. The false prophet spirit is wailing, screaming. He's leapt from his saddle and brought the sword down on the false prophet's head. He's slicing through it, swiftly going from the crown of his head to the bottom of his body, of her body. And he's whipped the sword around and did and did a broad strike so that he not only split it in half, but he came across its neck and beheaded it. I hear horns in the courtroom clapping and roaring and cheering. Then Jesus spoke after a moment. He spoke to the father in court. He said, Father, I have performed your righteousness today, and I have come on behalf of these you have given me, and they have come because I have told them to, and they are mine, and so they are also yours. I ask that you give them all that you have given me and make them one as we are one. And then he cleaned his sword. I love that. Shannon told us later that, that the, whole, the whole court case, she just kept looking over at Jesus, and Jesus was there sharpening his sword. because she, she kept hearing this strange scrape, and looked over and Jesus was just sharpening his sword, the, the whole court case. So I'm, I'm just going to read a couple things that he, when we were with him afterwards, that he gave us clarity for. And this will help you picture what I explained at the beginning. I said, thank you, Father. One thing, and we're not in court. We're, we're just before the Lord now. One thing I'm curious about, because in the first court session last year, this spirit portrayed as a female had three heads, and in the court today, Shannon only saw two. I'm wondering if there was significance to the reduction. Can you give us some insight as to what the difference was from July of last year until now? The father said, yes, it's, its power was drawn from the Antichrist leadership. Without him, it had no, heading, no leading head. It increased but at great cost and with great difficulty. Then I said, I was reading in Daniel 7 as well as Revelation, all of these spirits who have been sent to the abyss, all that has been done in the court of nations from the top seven to the seven under them, except for Abaddon, who is chained and locked down for a purpose, and then, of course, Satan himself, but apart from those two, all the top-tier leadership is gone now, globally, into the abyss. Is that correct? Father said, that is correct. I asked later, I said, can you give us an idea of what it means for this false prophet spirit to be gone for your, rem to be gone for your remnant, for us, for Ignition, for this court team? Father said it means more exposure, more than more than exposure. It means accountability. 
Thank you, Lord! Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm going to mention this, and then I'm going to close on this. Um, Satan was very surprised. He was surprised last July. Now, he wasn't surprised this time. He knew this was coming. He was very surprised last July because he thought that it was his time. He thought that that's what his his argument was is wait wait a second you you've given me a timeline so this just shows you satan's understanding of god's word is not outside of time like ours or like god's is right he he is fooled he is misunderstanding what is there as well that's what came out in the court case up until last july he fully believed this was his time for that man of lawlessness to come forward for finally the Antichrist that he prepares every generation, finally this is going to be the one. And that was taken away. Now, what I asked later on, and I'm not going to read it, but what I asked later on was, do his people still believe that? And he said, yes. Yes, his people believe that. He's not going to tell them any differently because it, it goes to their own destruction. So the enemy in the natural realm, not in the spirit realm, understand the spirit realm, this is already done. That hierarchy is gone. That overall organization is gone. In the natural realm, they still believe that that man of lawlessness is going to raise up now. And, and by the way, many Christians believe that. It's incorrect. It can't happen because it wasn't time for that yet. Revelation 3.9 has not happened yet. But it's about to. And there's a lot of people out there that are so deceived. Jesus died for them too. We have a unique opportunity now. With, and this is why I'm in a good mood. <laughs> My spirit is excited. Because the death of this spirit, which is the falseness, the lies that go out, doesn't mean there aren't going to be lies. It's just that it's not going to be a coordinated effort. Do you understand? They're going to start going against each other. The enemy is going to crush itself because the head's cut off. Be excited about that. But pray and understand your calling. And I don't mean just the people here. I mean the remnant. Understand that this is the time when the enemy has been turned around and they're running. And so we're to pursue. We're to pursue with sword. We're to go after them with the word of God. For the sake of those who are held captive. For the sake of those who don't understand. For the sake of those who don't even believe any of this is real. Oh my goodness. And, and, and I know, please, please don't email me. Don't, don't bother emailing me. Don't bother texting me. 
I'm not going to answer you. It's going to be a waste of your time. I don't care if you believe this. I don't care if you believe any of it. Because you will see it. You will see it. Just as we have seen it over the last nine months. You're going to see it. You're going to see these things happen in this realm because it's already been done in the other realm. Watch the chaos fall apart. Watch it. Watch our government. The chaos of our government start to fall apart. It's going to. All those things that the Lord has said are going to happen are going to happen. The left hand is not going to know what the right hand is doing. And they're going to end up fighting each other, coming against each other, killing each other. They have nothing to hold on to anymore. And in the spirit realm, it's already done. So be excited in your spirit as I am. Be excited because there are victories coming in this realm. All the promises that he has made to us, all the promises that he has made to his remnant are coming in this realm. There's nothing to stop them. I'm just going to close in prayer. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you that your righteousness has crushed the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that the difference between your realm and this natural realm gives a moment of choice, a moment of hope for those that are still here, those that are still breathing, to believe in you, to believe in your Son, to receive your Son as Savior. It even offers the opportunity for those who don't believe in any of this other stuff but are saved and do know you as Savior. It gives them the opportunity (coughs) to open their heart to relationship with you, to believe that which they didn't believe before. Lord, because these spirits are gone, it doesn't mean that Lies are gone. It doesn't mean that anything antichrist is gone. It's all there. But it has no organization. Its authority has been stripped. The only authority it has left in this world is the authority that we give it individually. Open your bride's eyes. Open their eyes. So they see how easy it is to strip that personal authority that they've given. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.